0: Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning in. Hope your week is off to a great start. Thought I'd start the week off with a solo episode talking about how to become influential from the middle and below, that you have way more influence than you think. I've talked about this topic a couple times before. Episode 314, it's called Stop Bitching About Your Boss, You Have Way More Influence Than You Think, is along the same theme, but I thought it would be a fresh take to talk about it again. It comes up time and time again. In fact, it came up with my Dose of Leadership University group, uh, this topic came up about how much impact you can have from the middle and below. I've seen it time and time again with the, the organizations that I've consulted in, the ones that I've worked in and been, had leadership roles in. certainly saw it in the Marine Corps. In fact, that was the Marine Corps' whole idea was about spreading the leadership responsibility throughout the entire organization, getting everybody to think and act like leader. And I've brought that into the corporate arena, and that's what, really what led to Dose of Leadership because it is around that central theme that we have way more way more impact and influence than we see ourselves or we believe. It is one of probably one of the biggest myths out there when it comes to leadership, one of the biggest misconceptions people have about what it means to be a leader and leadership in general. When I ask people in keynotes, hey, how many people here see themselves as leaders? And it's always about less than a third. And I think it's because we have this belief that leadership comes from having a position, having a title. It's the position myth. It's the number one leadership myth. That if you can't be the one in charge, the one driving the bus or leading from the top, that you can't be a leader. And that is a huge lie, huge myth. It's erroneous to think that leadership is position. It's it's all about influence. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. One of my favorite quotes from John Maxwell. And to be a person of influence, how do you do that? How do you become a leader of influence? And I remember having, I think I told the story before about a CEO that I was coaching. And he was frustrated. He said, "I can't. I just I have no influence." And he goes, "Show me the checklist. Show me the show me the way that I can become more influential." And he wasn't getting it. And finally I said, "Look, the best way that you can become a leader of influence is to simply start adding value with every transaction. Everything that you do has to be about, "How can I add value to the situation?" And when you look at it in that context, you realize that leadership is a choice if it's about adding value then it becomes a 100% choice no matter where you're at in the organization when you understand the dynamics of that gaining influence and you realize that position has little to do with real leadership then you can lead from anywhere within your organization think about that when you grasp the concept that gaining influence is about adding value and you realize that leadership has little to do with your position then you can lead from anywhere. And when you do, you make a huge impact in your organization. In fact, I would argue that if you wanted to move the engagement needle in your organization, if you wanted to change the culture needle in your organization, or in other words, when you, if you want to become intentional in defining your culture, you already have a culture, but if you want to become intentional about defining a leadership culture, then you got to focus on the middle and below. Yeah, I know, leadership starts from the top. It really does. But leadership crosses the finish line from the middle and below. It can start at the top, but it will never cross the finish line unless the middle and below are grasping the concepts of leadership. It just won't happen. So the bottom line is this. Leadership is a choice. It's not where you sit. Anybody, and I mean anybody, can choose to be a leader wherever you're at. You can make a difference. You can make an impact no matter where you sit. In fact, if you're in the middle of an organization right now and you're not doing anything to become a better leader or try to plant seeds of leadership in your organization, you're kind of like dead weight. And I don't care if your leader is dysfunctional, doesn't understand it, doesn't have the basics of leadership, that doesn't assuage you from your responsibility to do everything you can from the middle and below. Think about this. If you're in the middle and below and you have direct reports, if you've got people reporting to you, and I don't care the number, you have way more impact and influence over those people that directly report to you than any leader above you. Think about that. Nobody impacts the lives more directly. Than, those, than you and your, your direct reports. That's a tremendous amount of influence. It's a tremendous amount of responsibility and accountability that you may not know that you have. And particularly if you have customer-facing roles, if you want to impact the culture of your organization in a way, and you want to change it, and you want to change it for the better, then you better be focusing on those customer-facing roles. They're the ones that are going to change the culture. Yeah, it certainly can help and start from the top and it's going to make it easier if everybody's aligned On the same, this is where we're going and this is why we're going this way. I'll give you that. But remember what I said, the leadership crosses the finish line from the middle and below. Starts at the top, but the middle and below takes it across the goal line. To do nothing, if you're in the middle, is your dead weight. And so even though you're in the middle of the role, middle of the organization, or you don't have a position, you don't have the title, you need to be prepared. I think it, it, it dives into that other myth that, well, I'll start leading once I get the position, once I get to the top. Then I'll learn how to lead. And that's not going to happen. You know, just because you got a, a master's degree in management and leadership doesn't give you or qualify you to become successful in life or in any organization. At some point, you're going to have to get your hands dirty and get down in the trenches. And that's where real leadership happens, by the way. It happens in the trenches with the challenges that happen with the customer, with on the shop floor. That's where the real leadership happens. And so, Leading as well as you can, no matter where you're at, no matter what your situation, that's the proving ground. That prepares you for more and greater accountability and responsibility down the path. And so a certificate, a title, a degree isn't going to give you the experience and the knowledge that you need to become a great leader. So if you have aspirations to be at the top, which is great, but if you're not there, start leading from wherever you're at. Volunteer for those crappy assignments. Do the things that nobody else wants to do. Develop a reputation to be consistent, right? Remember one of my four C's? Compose, confident, consistent, and courageous. Do those four C's no matter where you're at. Be consistent. Get a reputation that you're always going to do what you say you're going to do. And particularly things that nobody else wants to do. That's the fastest way to start gaining more leadership influence. And I get it. Leaders like the front more than the middle. And so you want to be fulfilled. You want to, you know, it's not natural to kind of want to stay put and maybe feel stuck. You want to be out front leading, but you have to learn how to be a follower. You know what's the old saying that if you if you're in the middle of the pack it's you know what is that like a the dog sled thing if you're in the middle if you never changes if you're in the front it it changes all the time but remember the the leader in the dog pack isn't the one out front it's the person driving the sled someone that's actually in the back you have way more influence than you think the key is you got to be prepared when those opportunities come your way preparedness is the key to luck and to opportunities she has to be prepared when no one else is wanting to do the work, and that is part of the leadership journey. That is part of the lifelong process: is being prepared when the opportunity presents itself. I got a great story, great example I'd like to share that I think kind of drives that point home, and it's kind of different. It brings in the Rolling Stones and a singer named Mary Clayton. <laughs> you think, well, how? What does the Rolling Stones have to do with leadership? Well, I love the Rolling Stones, and if you grew up in the era that I did, I just think one of the obviously the one of the greatest rock bands ever. But they had a song that came out in 1969 called Gimme Shelter. And it's probably one of the, I think, one of the greatest Rolling Stone songs ever. It's very iconic. I'm sure you all have heard it. I would play it, but I don't have the royalties to play it. But if you're not familiar with it, go look it up. After the show is over, listen to Gimme Shelter. You know, the song wouldn't be the great song that it is. It wouldn't be one of the greatest Rolling Stone songs ever if it wasn't for Mary Clayton. You're like, well, who the heck is Mary Clayton? Mary Clayton is the one that sang the backup vocals. She's a gospel singer. I came across this story when I watched this uh, Netflix special called 20 Feet from Stardom. It came out in 2014 or 2015 It won an Academy Award for best documentary. It's a great documentary and it highlights, uh, takes a look at the world of backup vocalists and all the legends that they've supported and just their careers and their passion and their great voices and how they've made so many iconic songs, but they don't get the credit for it. right? But if it wasn't for them, You wouldn't have these great songs. And it's the same with Mary Clayton's story on Gimme Shelter. And Mary Clayton, had she backed up with some of the greats, you know, Elvis Presley and Temptations. And I mean, she was just she was well known within the the circuit as the background singer and just this amazing voice. Well, she was getting ready to go to bed. It's midnight. Keith Richards and Mick Jagger were in the studio trying to hammer out this Gimme Shelter song. Something was missing from it. They'd been sitting on it for six months. It just wasn't something wasn't right. Well, out of the blue, they called, they talked to their manager, and they're looking for backup singers, and they called Mary Clayton in the middle of the night. She's literally in her curlers, in her pink robe and pajamas, getting ready to go to bed. She's pregnant, and the phone rings, and she's asked if she can come down to the studio, which wasn't that far from where she lived, and belt out a couple of these lyrics' background vocals. She didn't want to do it. Her husband, who's a musician, talked her into it. So she goes down there. She wraps a Chanel scarf around her curlers. So she said she could look a little more classy. And she walks in there with curlers and her pink robe. And she didn't even really know who the Rolling Stones were. And Mick Jagger hands her these lyrics that have to do with rape and murder. And she's like, you want me to sing about this? He says, yeah, sure. And she belts it out a couple times. And she says, you "You want to do one more take? She goes, yeah, let me do one more. I'm just going to blow these guys away. That's what she's thinking in her head. I'm just going to knock the socks off. And I'm going to play you that clip. I'm going to play you just her part of it. Isolated track. Of her singing that part in Give Me Shelter. And it's this, you know, twenty five second clip that actually makes Give Me Shelter such an amazing song. So here I'm let me play this for you. Here we go. is that amazing? I get goosebumps every time I hear that. Just simply amazing. And you hear Mick Jagger in the background responding to that, you know, give that little whoop in the background. But think about that. You didn't even know who Mary Clayton was. For the most part, you probably didn't. She made that song. It was through her efforts and being prepared when the time came to bring her influence, to bring her expertise, and made it one of the most iconic songs that the Rolling Stones ever made. Without it, it wouldn't have been a great song. And after the show was over, like I said, listen to that song and listen to the parts where Mary's belting it out. It's what makes the song. Maybe it's a stretch. My point I'm trying to make is that you can have a tremendous amount of influence no matter where you're at. She didn't have the title of Rolling Stones. She doesn't have the, the pedigree to be the rock and roll star of the Rolling Stones. But she made that song. She changed that course of that album and eventually the career of the Rolling Stones. You could say that. She made a huge impact. And that's what I'm trying to say here when it comes to leadership. Stop worrying about those myths about being at the top and being at the front. Just like that example I gave with the the dog sled, right? It's the one in the back that's driving it. You can have a tremendous amount of influence no matter where you're at in the organization. If you're struggling, if if you've got leaders above you that don't get it, get relationships, establish relationships with them. Dive in. Figure out how you can make them become a better leader. Listen to episode 314. I talk about that specifically. How can you make this dysfunctional leader become a better leader? You personally, focus on the team. I just watched this documentary, i been watching this documentary, a great documentary uh, called The Last Dance, and they're four episodes into uh, 10 parts. And Michael Jordan talks about that, how under his previous coach before Phil Jackson, Doug Collins, which he absolutely loved working with Doug Collins, and why did he love working with Doug Collins? Is because D- Doug Collins had an offense that it was always get the ball to Michael, always get the ball to Ma- Michael, always get the ball to Michael. Michael scoring 40, 50, 60 points. And that's great. But even Michael realized that once Doug Collins left and they brought Phil Jackson in and Phil Jackson started teaching this triangle offense, which was an old f- offense from a guy named, I think the last name West. Jim West, I think is his name was. Don't, don't quote me on his name, but I think it was Jim West. And he came from Kansas State University and he had this, what they called the triangle offense and everybody fought it. But it was all about the team. And then Michael even realized when they were in one of the, I think it was in 90, uh, I can't remember what year it was. Don't quote me on it. But anyway, there was in some Eastern championship game trying to beat Detroit, their old nemesis. And, you know, what do we do? And, and then Phil Jackson's asked, well, who's open, Michael? Who's always open? And I think, I can't remember the guy's name, Cox or Fizz, so, Oh, gosh. Sorry. I just kind of think of this off the cuff. I didn't have my notes, but there was a guy there that was never getting the ball and he's always open and says, so, get it to him. And then Michael started getting him and boom, shoots a three pointer. Let's do it again. Boom. He's open. Boom. Number three pointer. And Michael started realizing, and he even said it in his documentary. He's like, that's when I started realizing, oh, okay. And Phil Jackson's whole point was, yeah. Michael's great. He's one of the greatest ever. But we're never going to win a championship if we're always giving the ball to Michael because each team is going to figure out a defense that's going to stop Michael. Now we start getting everybody effective and, and utilizing the talents with everybody involved, then we become unstoppable. And that's the idea with you. When you find yourself just like Michael Jordan did in that situation, start helping those other team members become better leaders. And that's what Michael Jordan did. And that's when they really became unstoppable. That's what led to their dynasty and their legacies, But they started focusing on the team. And that's what you can do when you're in the middle and below. I hope this makes sense. I hope you got some value out of this. Again, it's a topic that comes up time and time again. And I know I've done a handful of episodes about this, but it's time to talk about it again. You have way more influence than you think. You have way more impact over the organization than you realize. It's about influence. Start leading no matter where you're at. Volunteer for those crappy assignments. Get a reputation for getting things done. Prepare yourself. Understand that leadership starts in the trenches, and it prepares you for those roles and for those opportunities when they come your way. And so, just like Mary Clayton, when you get the call in the middle of the night, you're ready to go about out that tune and change the course of history. That's what the leadership journey looks like. If you're finding some value, let me know. Go to DoseOfLeadership.com, fill out the contact form, or email me directly, Richard at DoseOfLeadership.com. I'd love to hear from you. I love doing this show. I love providing you this free leadership resource to help you in your leadership journey. My call to action for you is if you're finding some value, is go take the time to subscribe, rate, and review. Write a review. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Stitcher. Submit a rating. And take the time to type up a quick review. Hopefully it's five star. And let me know what you think about the show. Let others know what you think about the show. And that's my other call to action. Tell somebody about the show. Tell your fam- friend, family member, co-worker, let them know the value that you're getting out of this show. It's through those efforts, through the word of mouth efforts, that allows me to continue to grow this show. And it continues to grow. And I appreciate your support. Also, go to dosoleadership.com if you're looking for someone to speak, teach, or coach about leadership. I can do keynotes. You can insert me in your organization as a consultant long term, or you can join my DOSO Leadership University. You can find out more. Go to again or send me an email. We can set up a time. We can talk about any of those products where I can help you become and your organization to become. The leadership culture it was meant to be. Thanks for tuning in and I look forward to the next time that we're together. In the meantime, make it a great one. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse, tell your kids, tell your co-workers, let them know about the value that those Leadership brings to your world. Go to dosaleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concept of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning in to the show. I look forward to the next time we're together. And until the meantime, make it a great one.